And we're back to the Ivory Antenna. That was Joey Coleman just a few minutes ago. And now we've got a very special guest here with us, Renaud-Philippe Garnin, who is running for the presidency of the SFU. And in case you didn't know, well, you're not alone because RPG, as we call him on the blog, does not have posters and does not have a website. But he does have quite the physical presence, uh, especially in the classrooms and hopefully on air. So um, this interview will be bilingual. It will go from French to English and back, um, to be fair to the two other candidates who were on the Ivory Antenna earlier this week. And also, Nick Taylor Vasey from the Fulcrum should be joining us shortly to participate in the interview as well. Donc, bienvenue et merci d'avoir accepté l'invitation, Renaud. Bien, merci, Wassim. Donc, Renaud, ma question pour vous, la première question dont tout le monde se demande, c'est comment est-ce qu'un candidat à la FIO peut se présenter sans site Internet, sans poster, sans affiche et sans équipe de bénévoles? Euh, c'est très simple. C'est parce que on est en train d'élire un président et non pas une équipe de publicité. Alors, la réalité, c'est que les élèves doivent voir leur candidat. Si la seule fois qu'on a vu son candidat, c'est sur du papier, il y a un sérieux problème. Parce qu'une affiche, malgré toutes ses vertus, ce n'est que du papier. Il y a peut-être une longueur, une largeur, mais il manque de profondeur. Il manque la dimension la plus importante, la dimension qui est humaine. Alors, puisque je veux être le président des élèves, et non pas une présence distante, une simple image dans leur mémoire, je veux être là en personne. Deuxièmement, si on vote pour un seul président, on ne doit pas voter pour l'équipe de production. Moi, personnellement, je suis nul avec les ordinateurs. Alors, je ne veux pas construire un site avec l'aide de quelqu'un d'autre et accumuler son mérite. Je veux qu'on me juge selon mes propres habiletés et mes propres idées, non pas selon une apparence ou une pseudo-apparence. Il est important que les élèves savent pour qui ils votent, au sujet de quoi et ce que cette personne peut faire. Je crois que les affiches distancent l'électeur du candidat et qu'elles résultent en une fausse perception. Si l'on vote pour des personnes, qu'on voit des personnes. That's fair enough. Um, but when you look at the elections office, for example, they have a horrible website. You sent in your platform, I believe, last week, and it's still not up. Or if it is up, it's been up for a few hours. Um, how are students supposed to know your platform if they don't see you in a classroom presentation? And because this is such a short campaign, how are students supposed to... I mean, you can't touch every single student because of the limited amount of days that you have. That's very true. Uh, we cannot, I cannot by myself uh, be present in every classroom for the simple fact that classrooms are held uh, or classes are held simultaneously. So it, it is physically impossible for me to be in every class through the whole campaign in such a short period of time. Now, of course, it is true that the SFU website has been very slow in putting up the platforms. Uh, however, they have been present on your own blog, which is uh, highly visited by students. And more so, I have a certain faith uh, in the use of public institutions. I believe that it is not always the results that count. They do count. They do factor in the equation. It also is the process. If you run a campaign entirely on empty speeches that are very present, it doesn't make it better because it wins. If the goal is to bring about a better situation for students, then the, the methods to achieve that better result count as well. And that is why I refuse to put up a website which is not my own production, and why I would rather use your blog or the SFUO site, even if it's right now uh, less than productive, because I believe the message has to get across, but has to get across in a, in, in a public way. I don't think that someone's better abilities at building a website to determine the outcome of an election. So I am promoting the use of public institutions. La 
baraton and the fulcrum should be red. And by uh, restraining myself to that, I think that it, it puts out a message. It might not reach everyone, but no message is so universal that everyone gets it. Votre plateforme est probablement la plus intéressante du point de vue académique. Vous êtes probablement le seul qui parle de qualité d'éducation. Dans votre plateforme, vous mm -hmm. parlez du fait, par exemple, qu'il y a des cours en français qui ont des livres en anglais. Euh, puis justement, des professeurs, par exemple, qui vont demander aux étudiants qui parlent, euh, qui ne sait pas lire anglais, par exemple, d'une façon assez humiliante pour l'étudiant qui, mm -hmm. qui lèverait la main. Euh, je veux dire, est-ce que, mais, mais dans ce domaine-là, sur l'académique, vous parlez également d'enlever les droits d'auteur, mm -hmm. lobbyer pour enlever les droits d'auteur. Une mm -hmm. idée très intéressante mm -hmm. et qui plaira à beaucoup d'étudiants, mais d'une certaine façon, est-ce vraiment réalisable pour les, je veux dire, les professeurs, je veux dire, la plupart de leur argent vient justement des droits d'auteur. Euh, bien, justement, je crois que c'est très réalisable et je te remercie pour une telle question. J'ai parlé avec quelques professeurs, je ne les nommerai pas, mais ils ont expliqué le dilemme. Euh, les professeurs ne font pas tant de profit que ça. Parce que les professeurs, de règle générale, qui sont soucieux des élèves, recherchent des textes sans droit d'auteur. Donc, de manière systématique, les profs sont en train de discriminer contre leurs propres collègues en recherchant des textes qui n'ont pas de droit d'auteur. Donc, il n'est pas profitable à un professeur de vendre à peine 50 copies dans un recueil ou 100 copies avec 10 pages de son livre. C'est beaucoup plus profitable d'ouvrir... Son, sa publication de manière gratuite pour que les gens le, lisent sa publication, l'aiment et achètent le livre complet qui est beaucoup plus profitable aux professeurs. Deuxièmement, je me présente pour être le président des élèves, non pas le président des professeurs. L'intérêt des élèves est ce que je dois défendre, non pas celui des profs. Donc, il faut considérer qu'est-ce qui aide les étudiants. Si acheter des recueils de textes font la différence entre faire ses épiceries cette semaine, payer le loyer ou acheter quelque chose de nécessaire, euh, imaginez-le, mon Dieu, du, du papier hygiénique. Il faut que l'éducation soit accessible. Donc, il faut militer pour cela. Je ne propose pas une situation miracle, je propose de militer pour cela. Les députés fédérales sont redevables envers les électeurs canadiens. Ils doivent répondre à la correspondance. C'est une campagne possible dans la mesure que tout changement, tout progrès est possible. You also talk about the U-Pass and the fact that you want it to be, to, to allow the students to opt out of it if they want to. Um, wouldn't that undermine the whole principle of the U-Pass? No, I don't believe it would. The goal of the U-Pass is to make the public transportation more accessible for all students. I'm not trying to become the CEO of OC Transport. I'm trying to become the president of the students. Students need an accessible bus pass. Now, you can't discriminate based on someone's socioeconomic um, situation. How can you say, because your parents make a healthy living, you will be imposed a cost that you will never use if they drive you into, into school every day, if you live in town and you can walk, if you live in residence? If you live in the countryside and you need an express pass, no one said the U-Pass would be an express pass. So if you happen to live in uh, Orléans or further out or, or Elmer and you need to take an express, what happens? You have to pay for everyone else's pass that you can't use and then you have to pay for your own. So you're being forced to pay twice. That's undemocratic. The first principle of democracy is for everyone to be able to voice and hold to their convictions. If you're forced to pay when you get no or next to no benefit, that is not democratic. It is an imposition. I'd like to compare it to the healthcare system. People could say, well, everyone pays for healthcare. True, but everyone gets sick in their life. And any single operation costs more than you pay in taxes in English. But you block. can argue that everyone's going to use the bus at least once. Not to that value. And it's up to them. It's a, it's a right in democracy to spend your money. Why? Because it's a right of expression. When you pay for a product, you're saying the product is worth more than the money you have. That's why you're willing to trade. It's worth more to you. For students who live on campus and their furthest 
travel is to the LCBO, they don't need $250 worth of bus uh, money. It's not. It's a, it's a simple fact that we're forcing on. Now, uh, someone else has offered a 50% opt-out. Well, they're not even elected yet. And they're proposing to back down from the best possible situation was 100%, which means they're already making a concession to OC Transpo. Are you willing to fight for everything the students can get? Or are you willing to gradually back up the position of the students to advantage OC Transpo? Est-ce qu'on ne peut pas utiliser cette logique pour d'autres biens également, par exemple? Moi, je ne lis pas le français, donc, ou je ne lis pas l'anglais. Je veux ma cotisation pour Falcom, je veux qu'elle me revienne. Est-ce que cette option devrait être possible pour tous les services de la Fédération étudiante? Bien, je crois que le dilemme ici, c'est que le Fulcrum et la Rotonde sont des publications qui sont euh, justement publiques, mais dans un sens euh, encore plus vaste que la, le transport euh, en public, en commun. Euh, justement, il se peut que vous lisiez cet article ou qu'on vous passe indirectement l'information reçue dans le Fulcrum. Il est impossible de vérifier que vous n'avez pas profité parce que quelqu'un peut vous donner un conseil ou vous donner une affiche ou euh, un conseil pour un emploi ou une solde dans un magasin qui provient d'un journal, mais il n'y a pas moyen de vous rendre responsable et de vous prendre l'argent. Le prix, c'est en échange d'un service. Mais on ne peut pas garantir que l'information ne sera pas diffusée. Et donc, il y a un coût général parce qu'on ne peut pas le faire. C'est la même raison pourquoi, quand on ouvre une boîte de journaux, euh, la compagnie nous laisse prendre autant que possible parce qu'ils savent qu'une fois qu'on a lu le message une fois, il ne vaut plus rien. Mais dans une machine Coca-Cola, on achète un Coke à la fois parce qu'on peut en prendre plus qu'un. Donc, c'est cette logique qu'il faut appliquer. Comprendre la valeur des choses. OK. Um, what's Okay, so how do you feel about, let's say, the Agora? Um, the Agora Bookstore? Yes, the Agora Bookstore for law students, for example. Um, the Agora does not sell books for law students or textbooks for law students. Should law students be allowed to opt out of the Agora Bookstore? Or should any student be allowed to opt out from the Agora Bookstore? I don't believe that students should be allowed to opt out of such a vital measure as a bookstore because the goal of a bookstore is to provide publications to all students. If the cost of university education is too high, we wind up with an undereducated population. Let's talk in the long view. We're not living in a vacuum. We're not all going to live 20 years and disappear. We live in a society. We don't lose our citizenship because we become students. We are still citizens, and the future does count. A less educated society has a greater difficulty in assuming its needs because they have usually a lower economic strength. Isn't, so, isn't there a contradiction, though? Someone can say the same thing about the bus pass. I mean, someone can say, well, the bus pass contributes to environmental benefits, long-term, future, so on. I mean, can you use the same arguments you're using for the Agora now for the bus pass? I, I think there is a criteria of distinction. That is, all students need to read to be able to study at the But university some level. students don't need the Agora to get their books. They can get their books from elsewhere. Uh, that is and very can't true. even go to the Agora to get that their That is books. very true that not all students buy books at the Agora. But by having the Agora bookstore, we render education as a an open service more accessible. The bus pass, if you already have to take the bus, you already take the bus and pay for the bus pass. So no one is really so we're not opening up the field to anyone because it's not really getting cheaper because The deciding factor to go to university isn't the bus pass. It's a choice you make when you're already there. The difference for publications is the cost of your entire education, and it is taken into account as, will I go to university because it'll cost me X amount a year. The bus isn't necessary. I walk 40 minutes every morning and every night to and from uh, my home to the university. So 
it is not essential. The reading is, though, and buying into the Agora is buying into a more uh, highly educated society, which has better social benefits for everyone, because a more educated society better supports a healthcare system, and law students do fall sick, even if they don't read books from the Agora bookstore. So it's part of a greater society project. We need to understand that once we graduate, we wind up in what people call the real world. Well, let's think about it now. Encore une fois, restons sur votre plateforme. Um, vous parlez, um, entre autres, de, de, de un lobbying plus efficace mm -hmm. um, au gouvernement. Um, quel, quel genre de lobbying plus efficace pourrait-on voir? C'est très simple. Les méthodes ex existent déjà, je n'invente rien. Il faut écrire à ces gens-là. Ils ont une loi, ils, ils sont légalement redevables envers leurs commettants. Si quelqu'un écrit à son député, il doit lui répondre. Or, en obtenant à l'aide d'une prime, des lettres et l'adresse, tous les avaient leur consentement. On peut envoyer de à chaque semaine, deux fois par semaine si on veut, des lettres aux députés. On peut noyer leur bureau avec du courrier. C'est ce que Amnesty International fait. C'est ce que la Croix-Rouge fait. C'est des campagnes qui fonctionnent. Ces organismes internationaux obtiennent des vrais résultats. Alors, les élèves devraient prendre des moyens qui fonctionnent déjà et qui sont prouvés. Euh, une simple chose, ça ne coûte rien écrire à son député, on ne paye pas pour le timbre. Donc, on, on dépense un minimum pour un maximum d'efficacité. Et en plus, pensez-y. Le Sénat euh, universitaire, le recteur n'est pas élu par les élèves. Alors, pourquoi manifester devant lui? Il peut rentrer chez lui sans se soucier de votre avis, parce que sa carrière ne dépend pas de vous. Mais les politiciens provinciaux et fédéraux dépendent du vote des électeurs. Vous êtes des citoyens, vous avez des, des parents, des frères, des sœurs, des amis, et ces gens-là sont concernés par votre bien-être. Si les étudiants décident de faire de l'éducation une question électorale, elle le deviendra. Donc, une campagne en utilisant des lettres coûte un minimum et obtient un maximum parce que la loi exige qu'on réponde. You also talk about lowering salaries for the executive to, I, I think it was 18,000 or is mm -hmm. there, okay, uh, yes. so roughly 18,000 from 30,000 to 18,000. Some might argue that 30,000 is the base salary. Um, these people work 50, 60 hours a week. Uh, why lower the salary? It's a very simple answer. It's because I don't want, do not want to see it as a salary. I believe the first motivation to enter a political arena and defend the public good is the public good. No student needs that extra incentive. Currently, the average Ontarian student lives off of $15,000 a year. So unless they have extraordinary needs, they don't need twice the price. One could say they're there 12 months a year. True, but they're not full-time students. So the biggest chunk of expenses, the tuition fees, is not the same burden. I'd like to draw two examples. First of all, in the high school level, there are people we call student trustees who are not paid and who can participate, I was one myself, on a monthly, if not weekly basis to tournaments, activities, uh, conferences, and they're called away consistently from home. They have, in fact, a $5,000 envelope provided by the provincial government to allow for their expenses. These people are not paid. They're not rewarded, but it is considered, it could be considered a full-time job. So, Conviction is what needs to lead these people. And people could say, well, if we don't pay, we'll lose the best people. If that was true, if that logic actually worked in the real world, then the most honest and performed people would be CEOs, and we'd never have a financial scandal in the world. But we've had Enron. People who are highly paid 
are not necessarily honest, they're not necessarily efficient, and they don't necessarily care about the common good. If you're running for the presidency, ask yourself, is it for the common good or your curriculum vitae? That's why I want to cut the salary. I want to eliminate the possibility for people to become opportunists. I want to make sure with an ethics committee that people act for the students, that they don't sit in their offices, that they go out and meet them, because the only legitimacy in a democracy is to represent the common good of the students. If you don't know who they are, how can you know what their aspirations are? Merci. On va prendre une brève euh, brève pause et nous allons revenir avec Renaud Philippe Garner, candidat aux élections partielles de la Fédération étudiante de l'Université d'Ottawa. Et nous allons parler justement de l'éthique à la Fédération étudiante et des assemblées générales dont vous mentionnez dans votre plateforme. Donc, restez avec nous. Il est présentement 18h42, euh, 17h42. minutes. Vous écoutez l'antenne d'Ivoire en direct à CHU 89,1 FM. And we're back. So I've got Renaud Philippe Garner with us. Um, quite the first half of the interview, we touched on a lot of issues. As we were leaving, you did mention ethics. And I saw one of your class presentations today, and you spoke about assemblies. It's also mentioned in your platform. Last general election, François Picard, outgoing VP communications uh, candidate, said uh, he wanted general assemblies at the Student Federation. Apparently, that idea has carried. A lot of members of the new executive are in favor of it. What is your position on um, general assemblies? And you talk about having monthly assemblies. Would these all be the same kind of system? So, Well, uh, to answer that question, I'd like to define what a general assembly is and what an assembly is. Usually, a general assembly or an AG, an annual general assembly, is to decide with all the vital issues. Usually, they'll contain things like elections or constitutional amendments. They're usually the most important or single most important uh, meeting of any year. Now, although I think they are necessary, when I talk about monthly <laughs> assemblies, they're of course not annual general assemblies because by definition they can't be. There'll be monthly assemblies where the executive will present themselves in an open classroom and will allow all students to show up. They'll need to present student ID just to prove they're part of the university and they'll be able to sit down. 
they will have an agenda projected on the uh, system, on the audiovisual system, so that the students can follow around, and uh, copies of the documentation. The idea would be that all propositions put forward by the uh, SFUO will have to pass by a certain popular vote. If the only reason that someone can speak in our name is that they represent our interests, then they need to be held accountable between the time we elect them and the time they leave office. If not, realistically, you're only electing an autocrat, because if you can't hold them accountable, there's no way of making sure. So that's there, the idea. There are methods to recalling people there and are, impeaching there people. There are uh, methods, right. and I'd like to address that. That's why I think there's an ethics committee. Unfortunately, the problem with such structures, uh, such as constitutional measures to impeach people, is they play with numbers. Well, between having 65% of your executive thinking you should be impeached and 66 I'm sorry, I think a lot of students can agree there's a little bit of a discrepancy there. The devil's in the details. Let's face it, someone who has 65% of people wanting to impeach him should leave. Someone who has 50% should seriously be called to account. The goal of an ethics committee is not to say, do the numbers justify you leaving? It should be, what were your actions? Are they justifiable? Are they right? Do they respond to any norms that are accepted by the students? And do they promote our interest? Are they good? All professions have an ethical code. Doctors, lawyers, teachers. So it is time that us, if in fact we are uh, professionals, if it is considered a job and that is an argument for a salary, then you need to be held accountable for that salary. If not, there's no way of justifying such an expense. Don't. Okay, stay on the um, assemblies, monthly assemblies. How would these take form? Well, the students would present themselves, like I said. There'd be an agenda projected, and they would... Uh, who, okay, who sets the agenda? Uh, beg your pardon? Who sets the agenda? Well, the agenda would be uh, composed, essentially, of a, a roll call, which is necessary, of course, to determine who's present. Uh, following that, there would be all the issues that would be presented by the SFUO to the students. They would be examined one by one uh, the, after debate and discussion. So would we be looking at, for example, the SFUO wants to have a green week. Mm-hmm. Let's debate this. Well, first of all, what would need to happen is that, like I said, there's what the SFU brings up and what the students also can submit as questions. For the questions to pass, it would have to pass by a panel composed of members of the executive and um, students who could be offered on a monthly basis the opportunity to pass because it might appear like a good idea to the SFUO, but executive, six heads, but I find it very presumptuous that six people can assume all the issues and therefore an outside but opinion there, needs to be okay, brought in. But there is a board of... Like, there is a BOA, a board of administrators, that is mm-hmm. directly elected by students as well, that keeps the executive in check. What would be the role of the BOA if you're having these monthly meetings as well? I mean, the board meets monthly. Well, the board meets monthly, but does the board meet monthly with large amounts of students who can voice their opinions and The Greeks? meetings are public. I they mean, not public. as public as they They're should not, be or exactly. could be, but there is a question period at the end of the well, meeting. Well, no, the difference is the reason why, or partially why, I hold people don't vote is because they have no hope of bringing about real progress, positive change. A question period doesn't allow you to pass a motion or hold someone accountable. But students, okay, I'm, I'm doing devil's advocate I know here. very well. Um, but students can raise a petition, 350 names, bring forward a point at the BOA. Now, they don't have a vote during around the table, mm-hmm. but they can force a vote around the BOA. Mm-hmm. And again, if they don't get their way, they can keep going, lobby, get 1,500 signatures, which is not that difficult to achieve. Mm-hmm. And then you can force the referendum. So what would be the necessity of having these assemblies when you have this system in place as it is now? Well, the system is in place, Wasim, and you are right, but the problem is first twofold. Uh, Firstly, People have to be aware of these measures for them to actually count. Information is worthless if it's not known. Now, if students... Second of all, the system 
is great, but only if students participate. Because what's the point of holding a referendum if only a small minority of people are fighting hard for an issue? If systematically the system only allows for them to petition, well, what is your petition worth if no one cares about politics and no one cares about involvement? The problem is with the start from the bottom. The BOA needs to hold it in check, but traditionally, let's compare the BOA to the Canadian Senate. It has the power to hold them in check, but traditionally, have we seen a great deal of involvement? Have we seen a great deal of uh, student advocacy? Have, has the BOA stepped out and said, we need to talk to students because we are not wise enough to understand all their demands? None of us live in residence maybe anymore. Uh, none of us are affected by this one particular issue. We need to talk to people. No, that's what democracy is about. It is about democracia, the power of the people. When the people become a small elite, ideas quickly dry up and we keep repeating the same patterns. And that's why we have such a low turnout. People okay. can't bring about okay. progress. Parlons du taux de participation, 12% aux élections générales. Mm -hmm. euh, OK, restons sur ce sujet-là mm -hmm. uniquement. À quel point est-ce que les élections ne deviennent plus légitimes? Est-ce que 12%, on est encore légitime? Disons qu'on obtient 55% de 12%, ça veut dire que 6% des étudiants ont voté pour nous. Est-ce que c'est légitime de gouverner avec 6% d'appui? Bien, je crois qu'il y a deux réponses euh, très fortes pour cette euh, question. D'abord, il y a une réponse pratique. Quelqu'un pourrait dire, très bien, euh, oublions les chiffres, mais disons des chiffres négatifs, des ch chiffres qui sont très pauvres en participation, ne produisent pas de légitimité, mais comme il faut que quelqu'un décide et qu'on ne peut pas passer des élections jusqu'à temps que ça augmente à un niveau acceptable, il faut euh, laisser la place. L'autre argument, c'est l'argument de principe. Est-ce que c'est encore une démocratie quand une petite minorité décide de toutes les questions la réponse à laquelle j'aimerais apporter, c'est non. La seule exception, c'est qu'il faut considérer la suivante. Ce n'est pas parce que les élèves part ne participent pas que, justement, ils n'approuvent pas de ce qui se fait. Le problème, c'est qu'on ne peut pas mesurer combien s'abstiennent parce qu'ils ne croient pas au système et combien s'abstiennent parce qu'ils approuvent du système. Donc, la question véritable, c'est, n'est pas, est-ce que le gouvernement est légitime, mais qu'est-ce que ce gouvernement qui a reçu un certain mandat, une certaine approbation, peut faire pour l'améliorer. Okay. Um, one concern about your campaign now, like we said at the beginning of the show, is no volunteers, no posters, mm -hmm. no website. As president of the SFUO, you want to reach out to students. Mm -hmm. um, one question I got from Nicolas Laplante, who sent me an email, was just that. How are you going to reach out to students if you don't, Like when, let's say you do get elected, you are president. Are you going to revert to posters, websites, marketing and promoting campaigns, promotion campaigns, or are you going to limit yourself to um, class presentations? Well, I think that Mr. Laplante has failed to understand the distinction between a candidate running for his own election and an executive promoting a message. If you become president, you become member of a team. You're not uh, either a lone-standing individual and you're not uh, a nameless number. You're a member of a team. So it's perfectly legitimate to use the SFUO's public and common measures to get the message out there. That is exactly what we need to do. In fact, I think we haven't done it enough in the past years. But as a single person, I'm not running with a team or a ticket or a partner. That's why I refuse to run on someone else's merits. So we have to distinguish between a team that has access to these resources, that has been created with the expressed purpose of using them, and someone who doesn't have any legitimate or widely accepted consensus that they are running on a platform presented by several people or reviewed and corrected or a publicity team. No. There's a big difference between an individual seeking election and an individual who reaches an election. Your election means you have an institutional role and you have access to the institution's resources to promote your goals. 
votre, OK, j'ai demandé la question aux deux autres candidats. Je vais vous la demander. Qu'est-ce que vous aimez des plateformes de vos adversaires et qu'est-ce que vous aimez moins? Euh, sans parler des adversaires, même vraiment juste des idées mm -hmm. qu'ils présentent. Qu'est-ce que vous aimez de la plateforme de Dean Haldenby, par exemple? Je crois que le rôle de l'Ombudsman est vital à l'université et j'appuie entièrement l'idée qu'il faut quelqu'un qui puisse négocier. Euh, le seul... Euh, la, la seule bémol que je pourrais apporter, c'est que si on n'écoute pas l'exécutif élu, pourquoi est-ce qu'on écouterait forcément l'ombudsman On pourrait me dire parce qu'il est neutre, mais je ne crois pas que c'est une bonne réponse. Je crois que l'université sait distinguer entre un élève, un étudiant plutôt, et quelqu'un qui ne l'est pas, un employé. Donc, Mais je crois quand même que l'ombudsman est nécessaire, il faut l'installer et je supporte pleinement une telle initiative. Euh, ce que je n'aime pas trop, mais je crois comprendre le raisonnement derrière, et je, et je, je l'applaudis quand même, c'est que M. Haldenby a commencé à parler de l'option euh, de se retirer pour les élèves euh, démunis ou euh, sous une certaine tension économique. Oui, j'accepte cela. C'est vrai que les élèves qui ne peuvent pas se permettre la passe ou que ce serait trop demandé ne vont pas la payer. Mais je crois que ça devrait être étendu à tout le monde qui se, ne se sent pas concerné et qui se sent... Euh, disons, muselé par une telle euh, mesure. Parce qu'après tout, comment détermine-t-on qui est riche et qui est pauvre? C'est ça le problème, en partie. Same question, but to Joseph Wesley Richards II. What do you like about this platform and what do you like less? Well, uh, I'd actually like to begin this time with what I like less. I don't believe in the idea of scrapping the Agora bookstore or uh, scrapping other services on campus, such as the 1848 bar. Tuesday nights, it's very popular, the 1848 bar. I see no reason to uh, infringe on people's ability to meet and congregate within the university and promote their own interests. Even if it loses $80,000 a year. Uh, is he looking for solutions or is he looking to find problems? Because you can build solutions, you can better administer the money. But to be fair, to be fair to JWR too, what he said was it lost $80,000 in its first year. It lost, and they scheduled another loss of $80,000 for the year after that one. So they didn't do anything to try to correct that measure. And what he says in his platform is, I'll let it lose up to $35,000 a year. So I'm cutting the deficit by half. But once it reaches $35,000, I would close it. I'd like to know why he's not concentrating on making it profitable and simply watching it fail. The um, Nostalgica Cafe was in great difficulty, but we didn't give up on it. The idea of leadership is to propose solutions, not simply watch things fail, point the finger and say, see, I was right. We have to be in this, not this race, but we have to be in this presidential process. I don't like calling it a race. There's no winners, there's no losers. We have to be in for the common good of the students. If the students find some good in that institution, it is our role to find a way to make it work for them. I did music teach when I was young, and his favorite phrase was make it work. The idea behind that is very simple. If you have an obstacle, you have a choice. Give up or get over it. I think we should get over it. What do you think, what do you like about uh, JWR's platform? Well, I recognize when he talks about a better quality of food and uh, services to the students, which I think is necessary. But when I talked about the uh, well-being on my own platform, it's, it's along the same lines. They need to be treated like human beings, and things like the quality of the food and the quality of the place where they are served is important. We, we are human beings with certain needs, and it needs to be recognized and promoted because your results in school are directly affected by your mood, your nutrition, and those issues are important. I'm going to ask you um, one question. One, it's a, another question I ask every candidate, and it's with regards to the Canadian Federation of Students, or CASA, or any other national student union. What are your views on those unions? Which one do you prefer? And do you think the SFEO should remain autonomous? I think the question isn't what I prefer. I think the question is what I think is in the better interest of all students. The whole idea of any association fundamentally is strength in numbers. 
we uh, a simple uh, idea is that we well we have hospitals we have organized units of health because it works better that way than letting everyone scramble and find their own solution. So why are we denying that logic that works so well for student affairs? Governments listen to numbers. Governments are afraid of large account large accountability and large amounts of voters. So it is in our best interest to join any association that is willing to promote our interests. Now joining an association doesn't make you a slave to their policies. If they want to go on strike, there is nothing that is forcing you to go on strike. You're not joining the army you are joining an association on your free will in a democracy and the truth of it is that you are as much of a member as you want to become if you simply want to read the paperwork you can do that if you want to be as involved as physically and humanly possible you can do that as well it's up to the university of ottawa to determine what role it wants to play on the national scene and with other universities so yes i think we should join any association that's going to promote the common good of students because the question is why should we write alone and who's going to listen to one university when all the others are saying the contrary so just comme euh, on, il nous reste quelques minutes, une minute même, je vois. Euh, ça, mais si on, on reste sur la réponse claire, oui, vous êtes en faveur, par exemple. Oui, mais il y a un bémol. Oui. Il faut que la présentation soit juste aux élèves. Si et quand il y aura un référendum, il faut que ce soit fait de façon impartiale et que personne qui a un enjeu dans le, le résultat ne mais, soit en train de Mais vous n'êtes pas contre idéologiquement la tenue d'un référendum pour l'adhésion à la fédération non, canadienne. Non, je ne dis pas contre un référendum, ouais. mais je dis qu'il doit être neutre et bien dirigé. Thank you very much, Renaud. Merci beaucoup. J'apprécie énormément que vous, avez, vous êtes venu à notre émission euh, aujourd'hui et euh, nous vous souhaitons bonne chance dans votre campagne. Et merci beaucoup, Wassim, et bonsoir. That was Renaud Philippe Garner from the SFO Presidential By-Elections. This was a special episode of the Ivory Antenna Be sure to check out the blog, sfeo.blogspot.com, to listen to this show and others uh, in podcast right after this show. Following us next will be, and I am uh, apologize for this, I am replacing Denis Rancourt at the 5 o'clock train, and I will be back, uh, Denis will be back shortly next week. Um, so enjoy the rest of your evening and the programming right here on CHO 89.1 FM. <laughs>